0: You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, November 10th. How did you adjust to the time change? Changing those analog clocks is like unpacking after a trip or taking down Christmas lights. Either you do it right away, or it just lingers and lingers until really, what's the point? It's time for spring again. It's not often that I express gratitude to our corporate overlords in Cupertino and Seoul, but I do appreciate phones and other devices that automatically adjust their clocks. Let's face it, whether your phone clock is adjusted by 1 hour, or 1 minute, or 32 minutes and 32 seconds... That's what time it is for you. And on to some serious matters. Tomorrow is Veterans Day. I do hope you take a moment to reflect on the solemnity of the occasion. Last year, we interviewed three veterans in IT services about their time serving and the transition to civilian life. In case you missed it or just want to hear it again, we've posted it back on that homepage of The Current, so go check it out. We'll have more on Veterans Day after our interview, but for now, please welcome Julie Steele for the lowdown on the work of business systems analysts. Hey, I think I'm one of those.
1: This is Mark Herzberger. Today, we're joined by Julie Steele, a business systems analyst. Julie, welcome to the pod. How are you?
2: I am doing well. Thank you, Mark. I'm happy to be here.
1: We are glad to have you. We're going to dive into a little bit about the role of a business systems analyst. But before we do that, what are some of the jobs you had before IT services, and how did what is your journey to becoming a business systems analyst?
2: Sure. Um, well, I started working. When I was 16. I most notably in my pre-college and during college years, my job titles and duties were varied. I've worked as a bookkeeper, a cashier, a waitress, a cook. A reservations agent for a hotel, you know, all kinds of uh, things like that. Most pertinent to uh, my position here at UCSD for the 20 plus years just prior to my working here, I worked for a large financial institution in one of their local corporate offices and supported global payments. And when I first joined them, I started out in a small uh, shop with about 30 to 40 people, started out as a customer support representative, became an operations manager, and eventually started supporting in-office type projects. And the reason I became a BSA or the opportunity that arose out of that was um, our operations site was identified as one that was going to be shut down due to an acquisition So um, I I decided to move to the team that was actually going to shut down our shop, which sounds really sad, but we had an incredible manager at the time who really went out of his way and made sure everybody had an opportunity to find a job and including myself. So I I joined the project's team under a six-month trial basis. And within two months, they asked me to stay on the team, join the team, and so that's That's how I arrived at being a BSA. I I worked in the project space and um, as a project manager, a systems analyst, a tester, implementer, all those things. And so for the last 15 years, my my work was primarily focused in the business analyst role.
1: What interested you in uh, the current position you have in IT services when it became available?
2: The BSA position that I applied for within ITS was tied to, I'm sure everybody probably knows, about the Enterprise System Renewal Program here at UCSD. And the ESR program's aiming to replace siloed 30 to 40-year-old custom-made systems with centralized modern um, solutions. So this is very much like the work that I was doing for that financial institution prior to coming here. And um, I was excited to join the team and actually come to the position with knowledge and background.
1: And I recall when we were planning this. You started, I think, right before the age of COVID dawned. So what what was that like for you starting and then all of the tumult that ensued?
2: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I started two weeks before the pandemic caused everyone to work remotely. And I had actually been working remotely and in my previous position. So it was the first time I had been on site at a job for a while. And it was, it was really nice meeting everybody. Everybody was just an incredible group of people. And I love the open concept of the Tory Pine Center self that I was working in. And But I was just getting to know people. And, and then we all had to, to sort of close up shop and move to working remotely. But I think that the team has done an incredible job of moving into the remote space and creating a lot of ways to be collaborative. And while Zoom isn't everybody's favorite, I think it helps people keep connected. So it, it's been a great experience so far.
1: Let's get to the heart of the matter. Mm-hmm. What is a business systems analyst? Um, what's the role? You know, What do you do day to day? And how do you add value to what uh, we're trying to do here?
2: So a business systems analyst, I'm just going to try to, to make it very succinct, but they um, are essentially on point to document what a business team needs a system to do based on a defined scope for a specific project. And you know that sounds very clear, but in reality, business system analysts will, in addition to that, fill a lot of gaps in projects. So if there isn't a project manager or a test lead or something like that, they may be asked to support other roles, but primarily they are there to take a project, sit down with the business and ask them a lot of questions, interview them and document what the team actually needs their system to do to make their life better and their operations. And the BSA, it's kind of a challenge because people often think they know what they want, but you know, everybody's sort of in, in the middle and in the thick of their day-to-day working experience. And they may have the problems that they are immediately dealing with first and foremost on their mind. And so they'll have a tendency to focus on those things and perhaps turn them into much bigger issues than they are and, you know, completely miss some of the other stuff that that is really key and foundation to processes that they support. So it's the business analyst job to sit down and really get to the heart of a business's processes and ask the right questions to document what they really need for
1: a project. What are some of the specific ESR programs you've worked on, or maybe what are some of the specific things you've worked with teams on?
2: Yeah, so I'm currently working on the student information systems project and also supporting events management production project. Both are under the umbrella of the ESR program. The student information systems project is largely focused on reporting needs across campus. That project is mostly about replacing the ISIS system and the associated data warehouse that is used to run the shop in terms of student information. So, It's meeting with different groups across campus and asking them, you know, what reports do you use? What queries do you run? What's critical to your business in terms of reporting and capturing that and then making sure that it's made available to them in the target environment, which is going to be the student activity hub, which is still a data warehouse, but it's, it's just a massive data warehouse. There's several of them and they can talk to each other so we can take data from different systems across campus and blend them and enable the operations teams to have a report that has everything all in one place. So it's a matter of capturing the detailed requirements for reporting and working with a technical report developer, someone from the development team to build those out and then work with the operations or business team to make sure that those get tested and implemented into production.
1: You know, with ESR, the effort is, you know, part technology upgrade with some new systems, but it's an equal part process improvement. So you mentioned the word process a few times. So in your work with the ESR projects, How do you intersect or support the process improvement ambitions of all of these projects?
2: Yes, that is a good point. So it is both worlds. We are replacing a system with another one, and then we're also trying to make life better. And that is a key role of a business system analyst as well. Sometimes business system analysts, if you're working for a large institution, may be asked to focus in one direction or another. So one of the roles can be process improvement, purely process improvement, where you work with a team and you know they want to make things more efficient. And so you sit down with them and really get to know their business process end to end. And you ask them where their pain points are and you systematically capture the data behind those pain points and make sure that they truly are the ones that are uh, causing the most agony and work to solve those issues so that the the business can really move forward with something much better. And that is a key role of a, a business system analyst often we're asked to join a really large project where we're doing some of both. We're we're merging systems, replacing systems, and then also asked to try to make life better in the midst of that. And that's a little trickier, but it's certainly possible. And if you have more than one BSA to focus on different aspects, you can really end up creating a a beautiful solution in the target environment. And other times it's a little trickier because you have to prioritize you know, making sure that the core processes get moved over into the target space and then enhancing that the best you can secondarily.
1: And if uh, folks in IT services or elsewhere are working on, you know, smaller projects or a project that that doesn't have a specific BSA assigned, what are some tips you have for them just on their own, how they can act and Think like a BSA, even if they don't have one assigned to their work.
2: One thing that would really help anyone at UCSD that is working on a smaller project, we actually have, we meaning Crutchy's team, there's a group of us that are business system analysts and we we meet routinely. We're building templates for the university, sort of best of templates from a BSA perspective, any project deliverables that were on point to deliver on a routine basis for projects. And we're putting that together on a site And we're going to create sort of light versions, BSA light templates for anyone to use that maybe doesn't have any background so that they will be able to ask the right questions and get the right information documented to support their projects. That probably one of the most key um, elements is sticking with the what, what do you want your process to do or your, your system to do. There will be a tendency to immediately jump into the how, and you really want stay away from that until you get the what figured out completely. That's just the key advice. And there's some great presentations that will be available to get more into detail about what that looks like made available on our site.
1: Sounds good. And let's uh, transition and wind down a little, just getting to know you a bit more. Who's in your family and what do you like doing together?
2: Well, I grew up in Washington state. And my family's actually uh, split into Washington State and San Diego. My parents still live in Washington, and my, my two sisters, their partners, my four nephews, all living in Seattle. I moved into San Diego in 2017. And my new immediate family includes my fiance, his, his daughter, and his mother, uh, our three puppies, our one cat, and 11 koi. So we're one big happy family, and we live in uh, Encinitas, and we all have a, a very common love for, for music. My fiancé actually works for uh, UCSD in the music department. He's a director for Indian classical music, and so I've been blessed to sit with him and, and start to learn Indian classical music, and it's, it's really just beautiful and very meaningful and his daughter, of course, has grown up with that. So we'll we'll all sit together and practice, and it's it's just incredible. And his mother also used to sing
1: mm.
2: when she was younger. So it, it's just a really really special um, sweet space for
1: all of us. What are the instruments or the defining characteristics of uh, Indian classical music?
2: You could split Indian classical music into two different categories. There's Hindustani music, which is thought of more as the northern part of India. And then the southern part of India is Carnatic music. And my fiancé focuses on Hindustani. His mentor was actually Ravi Shankar. That particular tradition of Indian classical music, the primary instruments are sitar. It comes from the Veena family. It's It's like a guitar with 33 strings (laughs) and then um, the tabla which is uh, drums, two, two hand drums. Those are the two primary instruments. And then also the tampura, which is
1: a drone. And did you have some interest in this music before, you know, encountering your, your fiance, or did he, you know, introduce you to this uh, genre?
2: I did have some interest. I actually, I really enjoyed music ever since I was a, a child and I, um, I played the guitar and sang, and I, I really liked to explore, um, all different kinds of music and I I did come across some Hindustani music prior to meeting him but it was it was a very casual uh, just listening to a few concerts and I, I didn't really delve into any of the specifics in terms of what the differences were between um, Western mm-hmm. classical music and you know, Indian classical music. So now having that opportunity is just just really amazing
1: and lovely. And I think I recall. Did you say something like eleven koi fish at home?
2: Yes. Yeah, we have a, a beautiful pond out in the front. Oh. And um, we we can't take credit for building it. it was the previous owner okay. um, who was an artist, but yeah.
1: Beautiful. What goes into the you know care feeding and nurturing of 11 koi in the front yard.
2: We we feed them a couple of times a day. That's basic care and then cleaning out the koi pond to keep it the water clear. There's a pump and a hose that we we use and also we like to just sit and talk with them and you know we've given them names so and they they do they just come right up and they interact with you and they're little sweethearts and so I suppose that plays a part in it too.
1: <laughs> I was going to ask, do they talk back?
2: In their own way, Mark. They, oh. they blink at you and stare at you and
1: splash water
2: on you when you're not expecting it.
1: Well, that sounds like when I give my two-year-old a bath. So we've got that in common.
2: Yeah, I saw that the video actually of you and your daughters is so beautiful.
1: Yeah, thank you. She keeps us on our toes. Mm -hmm. I think we can wind it down there. Thank you so much, Julie, for introducing us to the world of BSA and giving us a quick primer on Indian classical music and the care and feeding of koi. Sure. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, you got it. Take care.
0: Thank you, Julie. As noted, Veterans Day is upon us. In some countries, they call it Armistice Day or Remembrance Day, and it serves as something closer to our version of Memorial Day. You may have noticed that in some countries, mostly the realm of the Commonwealth, people wear a poppy symbol on their lapel, or lay a poppy wreath at memorial sites. The symbolism of the poppy derives from the poem In Flanders Fields, written by Canadian John McCrae. In Flanders Fields, The poppies blow between the crosses row on row That mark our place and in the sky The larks still bravely singing fly Scarce heard amid the guns below We are the dead, short days ago we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow Loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders' fields Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw. The torch be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders' fields. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT Services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.